you join me in opening to Psalm 119 this morning? As you're opening to Psalm 119, I'll remind you that uh, January Bible study does take place tonight um, here at the church. It'll be in the senior adult classroom. Jim Allen is going to be teaching that tonight, so it'll be here at 6 o'clock. Small groups are all going to get started. Home groups are going to get started um, early in February, right after the Super Bowl party. Last week, we were, as we began the series, The Path Principle, we looked at the fact that there are two forces um, at work in our life that offer two very different paths um, that arrive at two very different destinations. One of those paths is the path that God has for us in His Son Jesus, one of a fulfilling, satisfied life through a personal faith relationship with His Son Jesus. And the other one is offered to us by the enemy, uh, Satan, the devil, the world that is under his uh, system right now, and even our own flesh play a role in that. Um, And Jesus warned Peter, and we looked at that last week, that Jesus warned Peter that there was this battle raging in his life over the path that he would be on. And Jesus reminded him that he had a plan for Peter's life, but so did the enemy. We realized last week that it was not just Peter um, that had both, uh, both forces were desiring to work in his life, but we also have two different distinct forces that are working for two very different reasons. God is always to bring us to a relationship with him to restore us, to save us, to bless us, that we may be a blessing, and the enemy, his only purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But after we saw that there are two different forces at work in our life, when we determine our path, I want to look this morning in determining the best one. Out of all of the options that we have, out of all of the reasons, out of all of the, uh, the decisions we can make, how do we know... How do we figure out what is the best path for our life? Now, I know the Sunday school answer is, well, if I'm going to determine the best path, it's the Word of God, it's the Bible, Um, it's the way of Jesus, the way of Christ, and that is true. But I want us to back up for a second. I want us to think about this idea that as we're looking at this whole thing called the path principle, we have to realize that if we're on a path, Ultimately, we don't have a path without a destination. And I told you before that each one of us is on a path in life, largely of our own choosing, and every one of those paths has a destination. Oftentimes, we go through life without giving much thought to where point B is. We know that we're somewhere between point A and somewhere between point B, but often we get so focused on the journey or the steps that we fail to lift our eyes up to the path ahead and ask ourselves, where does this path lead? Now, if you're thinking about a destination, we have to realize that direction determines destination. You may want to jot that down. Direction determines destination. Obviously, I can, I can, if I want to get to that door, I have to make a path to that door. I have, to make the, I have to walk in the direction of where that destination is. And the same thing is true in our life. We have to have a destination in mind and then back up and figure out, now what is the best way or the only way in order to get to that destination? But if you take a step back from that, you realize that destination is not just determined by direction. I know there's a lot of Ds. That destination is determined by direction. But remember this, this is really important. 
direction is determined largely by desire. So we've got a destination that is determined by direction. I can want to go somewhere, but if I'm not on path in order to get there, then I'm not going to get there. It doesn't matter what I want. But largely our direction in life is determined by our desires. What do we want in life? What do we want our destination to look like? What do we want to, to be? Who do we want to be? And I know um, this is the beginning of a new year, and there's no doubt there are great things ahead for us, and, and I know that there are definitely uncertain times. I know that at the beginning of every new year, we're probably on different levels, but each one of us looks at ourselves. We spend a moment in introspection asking ourselves, am I the person that I want to be? I saw a kid posted on Facebook. It came up in my news feed uh, early in the year, like the 2nd of January. He said, you know what? I haven't seen this many people out jogging since, well, last year at this time. And you know what? When we look back at ourselves and we do some introspection and examination, we start to say, what is, where do I want to be? Who do I want to be? Am I that person I want to be? And if we're not, then we usually make some kind of a resolution. We make some kind of a plan or decision to put in action so that we may change our destination. Now, I say all of that to say that this is a great time, naturally, right now, because we're already thinking about this fresh New Year, this canvas that is yet to be painted. I know that each one of us are probably still in that mindset. Who do I want to be this year? A greater, far more advantageous question for us to ask ourselves is this. Not who do I want to be? Am I who I want to be? But a greater question yet is am I who God wants me to be and designed me to be? You may start exercising but we're reminded in the scripture that bodily exercises profit little not saying that those things are bad but we often neglect our spiritual growth and our spiritual development i hope in this beginning of this new year we would definitely consider our heart our life am i the person that god designed me created me and formed me to be and if not I hope in light of our destination, in light of our direction, that we would come to the place this morning where we realize if I'm going to get to where the person that God wants me to be, i got to know how to get there. And not know, just knowing how to get there, I might have to do some work in my heart. It's not all about changing the direction of our footsteps. It's about changing the direction of our heart. It's about changing the desires of what we want out of life. So that's why I asked you to open... To Psalm 119, I want to look in verse 9 through verse 16. Uh, really, we'll spend most of our time in verses 9 through 13. The psalmist says, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Bless are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes and I will not forget your word. Let me stop there. 
Obviously, the author of this psalm, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is declaring his love and his need, his dependence, his reliance on the Word of God. And no doubt this morning, um, you would probably be surprised if you heard something other than the Word of God is the best matrix for us to determine our path. But I want to move beyond that because everybody expects me to say that the Word is the best. But I want to move beyond that and share with you why. Why is adopting a biblical mindset, why is taking God's Word as a map, a road map for our life, why is using God's Word and the principles and the truths contained in them, why are they really the best method, the best matrix for making decisions. And I want you to look back at verse 9. He said, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Now the reason he's talking about a young man is no doubt, often when we're young, we make foolish mistakes, don't we? How many of you did not make a foolish mistake when you were young? Barry Huff, that is not true. I think Barry Huff was just untruthful in church. I only know that because of what others have told me, Barry. We've all made foolish mistakes in in church. We've all made foolish mistakes as as children, as young people, because we don't have the wisdom. We We may not believe the wisdom that we're given or the instruction or the teaching. So he's not necessarily saying that this is simply just for a young person. He's saying that it's good to start them out with the Word of God. Because as a young person that's going out and and making decisions and starting to experiment with freedoms, newfound freedoms, he's saying the best way to do that is using the Word of God as a guide, as your navigation tool. Now he tells us why. Look at the first point. You, You can jot it down if you want. Walking in the truth provides protection. Walking in the truth provides protection. How can a young man cleanse his way? What does he mean by cleanse? He means to remove the obstacles that are on the path of life. He's saying if a young man wants to walk a way that is unobstructed, that there are no pitfalls, he is aware of the stumbling blocks, he is able to see and identify all of the snares that lie out there. He is able to do that with the Word of God. What the writer is saying is that the Word helps us to see the dangers and the troubles that lie in the road ahead. Now, beyond that message, to simply take that and to say that the Bible is predictive in its ability to look and to illuminate for us those things that can cause us to stumble and fall, it reminds me of something hidden down in that. Hidden down in that nugget that He has thrown out for us, I am reminded that life can be treacherous. When He's saying, how can a young man cleanse his way? He is saying there are obstacles in life. There are pitfalls. There are snares. There are traps and stumbling blocks. There are things in the path of life that will cause you great harm, great pain, that will try to destroy you, not just from the enemy. Not just from the enemy, but the world system itself that is flawed. Our own flesh 
yields to those temptations often. And we find, you've heard the saying, that sin takes us further than we ever wanted to go and and causes us to pay more than we ever wanted to pay and leaves us there longer than we ever wanted to stay. What the writer is saying in Psalm 119, you want to know how you can have a way that that is clear from those obstacles. How you can make and navigate your way step by step, decision by decision, making progress down the path of life. He's saying the best way to make sure that your footing is solid. To make sure that you are not yielding to those things that tear down and destroy. To make sure that you are not being wrapped up by sin and addiction. All of those things. The best thing is to use the Word of God to adopt a biblical mindset. You know the great thing about the Bible? I don't just believe it is true. I believe it is truth. Truth with a capital T. God who is true, who cannot lie, communicated to us through His Word by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, moving men of God to pen the words that He would have them to say out of His love for us so that we would not be down here as blind men groping for the wall, that we would not be down here caught in all of the schemes and the tactics of the enemy, but so that we could look at life through these biblical lenses that God has provided for us in the pages of His Word and to take these steps and to look down the road and say, you know, what that's wrong that's sin or to look and say that's dangerous that god does not want me want that for me that that's something i need to steer clear of i need to turn over this way or move this way or remove that obstacle from my path or to turn my face away from it because the bible the truth of the word of god says it is bad often We perish, not because we don't have a word, not because we don't have the truth, but because we don't use it. We have the copy, our copies of the Bible. Praise God, we live in a country where the Bible is plentiful. Praise God, we live in a country where it's not illegal to use it and to own it and to to teach it and to proclaim it. There are countries that don't have it. There are countries and people groups that still have yet to ever hear the name of Jesus in their own language. And we have multiple copies of God's roadmap. Many of our problems in life could be solved, could be avoided if we familiarized ourselves with what God says in truth to us. Rather than giving No thought, no concern to the teachings of God's Word, the truth, the direction. Walking blindly ahead and falling and tripping and stumbling and harming ourselves physically or spiritually or relationally and then finding ourselves wounded on the road and the path of life and wondering how in the world did this happen? Life is treacherous. There are many snares and traps put there by the enemy in this world system itself. Our flesh is prone to yield to those temptations by nature. But when we apply the principles of the truth of the Word of God, we're able to look down that path and say, I need to avoid that. 
because the Bible is predictive and is and is revealing in its ability to show us and to, to shoot through all the lies of the enemy and show us based off of the, the 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 principles what is good and what is right for us. Notice the second thing in verse ten. With my whole heart, I have sought you. Think about that for one moment. Those words. With my whole heart, I have sought you. With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. You see, I told you that destination is largely predicated on our direction. And our direction is largely a result of our desires. So I'm going to go, by and large, the direction that I want to go, and in turn, I'm going to reach the destination that that direction gives me. So it's essential for us to back up from the direction, to look at the the, the destination and look at the direction, and then examine our heart. And notice what the psalmist said. I'm not just using the word as a guide. I'm not just trusting in the, this biblical truth, these, these biblical lenses in which I view life. I'm not just using them to look ahead, but I am also setting my heart in such a way that I want to seek after God. Notice, he's not just seeking after to go to God, he is seeking to go with God. And there's a difference there, because oftentimes in our life as believers, we, we know that we are to seek God to go to Him. And then once we get saved, we kind of let off the gas a little bit. Nowhere in this psalm do we find where He is letting off the gas. He is truly pushing forward, not just to know to go to God, but to go with Him. I wrote down in my notes, and this is really important for me to remember, as it is every one of us. Satan has nothing to offer that satisfies our soul. Satan has nothing to offer that can satisfy our soul. All he can offer, the only alternative he has, is to appeal to our fleshy, carnal nature. He has nothing, no, no goods to offer us that truly satisfy our soul so what does he try to do knowing that his only alternative is to appeal to our flesh he tries to knowing that our destination is largely dependent on our direction which is largely dependent on our desires if he can change our heart if he can grab a hold of our desires what does he have he has control of our direction and control of our destination. That's why King David's son Solomon said these words, Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it, he said, flow all of the issues of life. In our Christian walk, those of you that have trusted Christ, the greatest danger for you and I is that we will lose heart. That we will begin to desire and run after and pursue those things that will never ever satisfy, thus forfeiting the direction that we're supposed to be on and thus forfeiting the ultimate destination that we want in life. And it all came back to the moment that my heart desired something other than God. 
desired something other than His Word, desired something other than His will. Satan has nothing to offer you. Psalm 27, 7, he says that the satisfied soul loathes the honeycomb. But to a hungry soul, every bitter thing is made sweet. Psalm 27, verse 7 reminds us that there is such a thing as having a satisfied soul. Let me just say this in regards to soul. C.S. Lewis, the great thinker, the great Christian thinker and writer, said this, we are not a body that has a soul. He said we are a soul that has a body. And our life, what does my soul desire? You see, folks, here's the real danger. When you live and make your determining factors in life based off of pleasure, ambition, worldly satisfaction, or profit, some of those things, when you make your decisions based off of those things, the danger is not. We want to say from the pulpit that you're not going to that you won't get those things. But the truth is the real danger is not that you will get those things, but that the real danger is that you will probably get them. And you'll find that they will never, ever satisfy. Jesus warned us what will a man give in exchange for his own soul? Those words have been used since the pinning for the purpose of reminding us that we will never be able to satisfy our soul on things down below. Satisfaction truly comes from our soul's right relationship with God and living according to His principles with His world view. The danger is not if you choose ambition and pleasure things of this world to try to make your decisions in life. Danger is not that you won't get them. The danger is that you will get them. And with them comes great trouble, heartache, and a lack of fulfillment in life. Notice verse 11 with me. After he says, with my whole heart I've sought you, let me not wander from your commandments. Don't you like that word wander? Going without a purpose. Not knowing where you're going. Verse 11, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. The word walking in truth does not just provide protection along the path. The second thing was that walking in truth provides direction for life. But notice the third thing, walking in the truth strengthens our relationship with God. It's not just about making right decision. It's not just about a lack of tears and sorrow and sadness and, and despair and heartache and guilt. It's not just about removing those things. I know that when I live with a biblical worldview and walk according to the teachings and the principles of God's Word, it is also improving, strengthening my relationship with the God who created me and called me. I know that the more familiar I am with this is not just going to help my tomorrow, it is going to play an effective role in my today. I know that it is going to help make that relationship with Christ more intimate. Your Word, I have hidden in my heart. How did He do that? He familiarized Himself with it. He memorized it. He knew what it said so that when he was out there, he didn't need to reach in his pocket and pull out the Gideon scroll. He knew what God said because it was in his heart. 
Why did he do that? So that he might not sin against you, he says to God. Look at verse 12. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I love what he says. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I want you to think for a moment on our fourth thing. Is that declaring the truth ministers to others. It would be impossible, wouldn't it? It would be weird for him to say, I've sought you with my whole heart. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, speaking in these relational terms. It would be crazy for us to know that he has not just packed his heart full of the word, has filled it full of his eyes so he can use it as a guide. He's also filled it in his mind because he's remembering it and memorizing it and pulling it up. It would be odd for us to think that he's filled the word in his so much of his life and for it to not overflow out of his mouth. You know, think back to a time in your life when you may have been literally on the threshold of a bad decision, you may have been fully in the the, the sways of a bad decision. Do you remember a moment in your life when somebody came to you that loved you enough to tell you the truth? They loved you enough to share with you some biblical, eternal truth. And you look back at your situation after that person shared it with you and you were so grateful and thankful that they cared enough to tell you something that you may not originally wanted to hear, but you needed to hear it. You see, I think about that. We often tend to think and get this, uh, adapt this idea that the Christian life is all about us. That, that, that my journey, my path is, is all about me. And it's not. God doesn't do anything that is just about us. He does stuff for us and to us. He does stuff with us, but it's always the purpose of beyond us. And when I think about the truth, it's not just about accepting it yourself. It's not just about adopting it as a guide and as, as your moral fiber. It's not, just, it's not just about holding on to it to restore, to strengthen your relationship with God. It's about having it so that you can share it with someone else. It seems. Sometimes I begin to think that there is a drought of people who live by the truth. And sometimes I have to step back and get rid of my pessimistic attitude and think, you know what? It may not just be, it may not be that there are not a people out there who live by the truth. Maybe the drought is people speaking the truth. Maybe we know it. We know what's right and wrong, and maybe we even practice it in our life, and we hope that people will look at our life and make a decision based off of my decisions. But you know what? The reality is the Scriptures tell us in the New Testament that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. We use often, we fall back on that, that I want them to look at my life and and see Christ in me. We use that oftentimes as an excuse because we're too afraid to talk about it. We're too afraid to use our mouths there's something incredibly personal 
and memorable about the things that are spoken to us. In your life, some of the things that you hold on to the most in memories are probably the things that you heard someone say. We don't often share. We don't want to share. We're fearful of sharing because it is personal and it is memorable. But that's the exact reason. The same reasons we're afraid to say with our lips the truth, to proclaim it boldly, in love. The same reasons we don't do it are the same reasons we should. Choose the best path. How do I determine the best path? Do I base my decisions off of my ambitions? Or am I willing to yield my life over to Christ? Say, God, you formed me and created me. And as a believer, you have gifted me for a particular purpose. And my life is not about me. I accepted you as my Savior and my Lord. That means you call the shots. So maybe it's time in my life. I started saying, God, what do you want from me? God, help me be the person that you called me to be. Maybe today what God has done in your heart is not a decision that you get a certificate for. But maybe what God has done in your heart this morning is to say, you know what? Get familiar with the word. Read the Bible. Learn the principles, the statutes, the precepts. Some of you this morning may be saying, well, the Bible's a book of things I'm not supposed to do. It tells me what I'm not supposed to do. And what parent does, what parent teaches their child and doesn't use the word? No. Doesn't tell us of the dangerous things to stay away from. We all do that as parents. Let me draw your attention to one quick verse. Same psalm, verse 45. I will walk at liberty. I'll walk in wide open spaces. I will walk in freedom because of your word. He's saying your word is not constricting me. Your word is liberating me to be the person you called me to be. What is your decision? Do you know Jesus as your Savior and Lord today? That is always the first and best step in your life. If you've never prayed to receive him by faith, I'm going to tell you what to do. The Bible says that if we believe that we have sinned and missed that standard of holiness and ask him through the finished work of what his son did by taking our sins on himself, yielding to the will of God and, and, and submitting himself to the cross, he paid our penalty in full. And all we have to do today is believing that by faith, receive it. To say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. And I've missed your mark of holiness. And I know this morning I can't earn it. And today I freely accept it through what your son did for me on the cross. I receive you as my Savior and Lord. When we say something like that from our heart to his, the Bible says that they that call upon the name of the Lord will never be ashamed. Today, what does your destination look like? Largely dependent on your direction. Are you going the right way? Are you making decisions based off of desires that match up with God's desires? If not, I hope you'll be able to walk that back this morning and do some real business with God. Correct what needs to be corrected. Repent what needs to be repented of. Confess what needs to be confessed. And get on the road with God. I want to ask you to pray with me. When I say amen, I would love for you all to stand. Our standing doesn't mean that God hears us better. 
means nothing other than it gives us that opportunity to say, you know what, God, I'm standing in a willingness and readiness to move. To publicly confess or profess the decision you've placed on my heart. Salvation, baptism, rededication, church membership. Maybe you just want to come up here as a family and spend that time praying for the course and the direction of your life. Whatever that is, this is the opportunity to do that. Father in heaven, I thank you so much that you have given us your word. And you can't, it does not fail. It is never outdated. It always applies. Its principles are true and unchanging. Truth conforms us. Philosophy conforms to us. And I pray this morning we are changed by your truth. Those activities of sin in our life, Lord, that we may be held hostage by, I pray today that we would see that that is only going to lead down a dangerous path. It is only going to hurt us. It is only going to to hinder us. It may affect our name, our life. Whatever it is, Father, I pray today we would say, God, in my heart, I need a change. I need you to help me overcome this. Help us today, Father, to live with the destination in mind. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.